You know, I had a really hard time deciding on what this week's episode was going to be about. It's not that there's a dearth of things that we could cover. I mean, this week alone has provided a plethora of topics that are ripe to touch on. It's just that none really jumped out at me as being the topic. Of course, I got over it and realized that there was one topic that kept rattling around in my brain. I just had to sort it all out and arrange it in some coherent fashion. Hopefully I've succeeded, but whether I have or not, I'm sure that we will have, in any event, another hazardous conversation. Trigger warning disclaimer. Hazardous Conversations pushes rhetorical boundaries for acceptable political discourse. Listening to this program could have the uncomfortable side effect of provoking deep intellectual inquiry into foundational principles of liberty. Listener discretion is advised. I mentioned in last week's episode that I like to script out what I'm going to talk about. Part of that is to make sure that I've said all that I want to say on the given topic and so that I don't ramble on and meander all over the place in my talking. If you've ever talked to me in person, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. In my undergraduate studies at the University of Washington, my senior advisor and now good friend, Dr. Allen, once called me the master of the split infinitive. Now, he didn't really mean it as a compliment, and he made the comment in reference to my writing, but as it turns out, I talk that way too, and unfortunately, that can make for a fair deal of confusion when trying to tell a coherent story off the cuff. So, with that in mind... I'd like to talk about education, comprehensive pornographic education, critical race theory, student loan forgiveness, gender jacking, on and on with all the nonsense. Folks, we have to do something about education in this country. Yes, parents are starting to come around and it gives us hope that all is not lost. But we are ultimately playing a losing game the longer we pretend that the government school system is salvageable. Oh sure, there are places where it has the appearance of still working. But even in the best of these places, it is little more than an illusion. Now, many of you may have seen that this week, Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky filed a bill that would abolish the Federal Department of Education. This is a bill that he has filed just about every session for the last, at least the last few years, and predictably, it rarely goes anywhere or gains any real traction. Even if we were to obtain supermajorities in both the Senate and the House, I cannot honestly see such a bill gaining broad enough support to be acted upon, certainly not with many of the spineless simps we've got in there right now. That being said... I do not think that Massey's bill goes far enough. While getting rid of the federal bureaucracy does need to happen, doing so would not, by itself, address some of the fundamental systemic problems that currently exist. These problems, as I see them, are number one, choice. The ability of parents to choose how to educate their children. Two, compulsion. The ability of everyone to choose how much education they receive and when they receive it. And three, funding and regulation. Whether and to what extent the government spends our tax dollars on these failing institutions. And how much control, usually through extortion of those tax dollars, should be exerted over them. Now in the first of these, choice, it is really a simple idea. 
parents should have absolute freedom of choice for where their children get educated. Whether that's in a government school, a charter school, a private school, or in a homeschool setting, however a parent decides is best for their child. And in that choice, parents should not be limited by the artificial constraints that come with bureaucratic governmental regulations. Regulations that trap kids in failing schools and waste millions upon millions of tax dollars on crumbling infrastructure. Now in the second, compulsion, it is my strong conviction that no one should be forced to attend schooling of any kind. In most states, maybe all states, school attendance is mandatory. And if you fail to account for your child's schooling, you can be held civilly liable and possibly have your children taken from you. Doubt me? Well, do me a favor. If you're in Washington State, have a look at Title 28A of the Revised Code of Washington and get back to me. But seriously, in what world does mandatory attendance make even the remotest sense? Now, I know... I know where such laws come from and why they were put in place for the most part. Their inception came from some very genuine concern for the well-being of children getting an education. The problem is, as with all things government, its intended purpose has become so thoroughly corrupted and distorted that nothing remains to be salvaged from it. Moreover, educational resources are so widely and diversely available these days that it completely renders meaningless the idea of mandatory attendance in order to receive said education. Therefore, I do not believe that schooling at any time should be mandatory. Note, I do not say that children shouldn't go to school, just that it should not be compulsory in any way, shape, or form. Now the third, funding and regulation, shouldn't be too hard to understand. The federal government should not be spending any money on education of any kind in this country. Not in the way of infrastructure, not in the way of block grants to the states, and certainly not in the form of student loans for a useless college education. There is simply no rational argument a person can make as for why the federal government need be involved in anyway on this front. Unless, of course, your aim is to use such activity as a means of pushing radical socialistic agendas, then it makes complete sense, as we have unfortunately seen play out before our very eyes. So what do we do about it? Well, Representative Massey's bill is a good start, but as I said, it doesn't go far enough. Could we draft some federal legislation that would deal with all these systemic issues? Sure, we could. But assuming that we could get such legislation to pass, it would be too easy to undo. No, I think for this, we need an amendment, a Freedom in Education Amendment, to make it unambiguously clear that there is no role for the federal government in education. And it just so happens that I have drafted such an amendment, and you can read it on my Hazardous Liberty Facebook page and at HazardousLiberty.com. Now, if you do decide to go and read it, please understand that I am not claiming it to be perfect language. After all, it is only a first attempt. But I did give it a fair amount of thought, and I tried to be as concise and direct as possible. 
But just as brevity is the soul of wit, sophistry is the elixir of false intellectuals. And that is especially true of legal language, and even more true of constitutional language. So while it may seem that what is there doesn't address all the specific concerns that we currently have, try to see how what is there would impact these things if it were to be adopted. Think through how things could change at the state and local level if we had this level of freedom secured in our federal constitution. And above all, think of these points as crucibles to have conversations within. Throw them out to your leftist friends and enemies and make them defend against each proposition. Make them defend why you should not have choice in where and how to educate your children. Make them defend why education must be compulsory and attendance mandatory. And make them defend why, if government must fund education at all, why must it be funded at the federal level? And the more that we force this conversation and the more that we force them to make their absurd defenses, the more inroads to fixing these problems we can make. Oh, and do you know what else that conversation feeds into? federalism. This foundational principle that we used to embrace that says the more local a government can be, the more effective it can be, and the more responsive to its citizens that it must be. And that is truly what the lefties are in such a twist over parents showing up at school board meetings. It's the horrible thought that they, the parents, just might take control of said boards. And if they do, then how will they continue to indoctrinate our youth? Now, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent here, but it's important. We have to revive federalism as a principle in our country. Our Constitution is designed to only work properly under it. The federal government was never supposed to have and wield the type of power it currently has. But decades of corrupt legislative practices and executive abuse, combined with even worse court decisions, has caused our national government to become bloated to the point of bursting. And it is done so by design by the left, knowing that if they can make it crumble under such weight, then they think that will give them the chance to sweep in and rebuild their utopia on the rubble. Now, one more thing on this point. If you really want to get under their skin, bring up federalism in the context of, quote, misinformation. You know that is such a hot topic right now. Anything that the opposing side doesn't like is naturally labeled as misinformation or disinformation. And there is all this debate on censorship and regulation and whether social media is a platform or a publisher and all of it entirely misses what could be a great argument for federalism. Because the reality is, the more local you make things, the less chance there is for, quote, misinformation to have an impact. What I mean by this is, the more local an issue is, the more likely a person has access to and the means to obtain all sides and points of view on that issue. In such situation, it matters far less whether Peter is out there spouting abject lies 
because Paul and Mary are also out there telling the truth. And since you know all three and you know what it is they're really talking about, you can make a truly informed decision on whatever the issue happens to be. Now, is this foolproof? No. Does it mean that people will always get things right? No, of course not. But it is a hell of a lot better than all the noise we deal with now. But I digress. Folks, force the conversation. Force the simple question. Why should this be the responsibility of the federal government? Because just as is beginning to happen with parents around the nation, more and more people will see the absurdities with which the left defends such questions and turn to those who have reasonable and practical solutions. Not perfect solutions, mind you, just reasonable and practical. The best solution of all, of course, being liberty. So, we will leave it there for this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be ever so grateful if you would like it or rate it, depending on what your podcasting app is. But most importantly, I'd appreciate you sharing it with others who you think might enjoy it as well. Of course, be sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast to get notified when new episodes are up. And as always, God be with you in all you do. And until next week, keep the faith and keep up the fight.